Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote the book of Ephesians. Actually, it was one of the first letters he wrote to Ephesus, to the church at Ephesus. Ephesus was a wicked place, kind of like Washington, D.C. I mean, it was so full of wickedness. It was horrendous and idol worship and everything else. And so Paul is addressing the church there in Ephesus, and he was, he's telling them who they are in Christ. He wants them to understand that, that, that the love of God covers everything in their life, the grace of God, the goodness of God. He talks about all of that. He talks about who they are in Christ and how Christ is seated, has seated us in heavenly places with him and, and that, that he's exceedingly more abundantly able to do above and beyond anything we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. He gives us all of these principles, and then he talks about in chapter 4, about the principles of, of forgiveness, and, and he talks about in chapter 5 about family and all that stuff, and then he gets right into chapter 6. Chapter 6 is the warfare chapter, and he begins, he, 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 he gets down to verse 10, and then he makes this statement. He says, and finally, in other words, I'm closing out my letter right now, but I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else, I want you to get this. And then he makes this statement. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How many could use some extra strength this morning? Amen. You know, the last couple of weeks, I've been taking a lot of extra strength stuff. Not the kind of stuff that I'm going to talk about this morning, but I've needed the strength that the Lord gives when we are weak in our own body and in our own strength, we realize then how much we have to depend on the strength of the Lord. And, and I want us to look at a couple of words from the Greek. Everybody say the Greek. It's not a restaurant we go to. I do love Greek food, but uh, this is the word Greek. In the Greek, the word strong is the word endunomao. Everybody say endunomao. Endunomao. Indunamao, say it fast. Indunamao. Okay, now that you got that, what does it mean? Okay, the word in means in. In. Dunamao comes from the Greek word dunamis. Does that word sound familiar? Acts 1 8, and you shall receive power, dunamis. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That word dunamis is the power or the ability or the strength of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Be filled with, and it gives it, it, it kind of, it, it relates to the power or the ability of God being put in a container. What, what would be that container? I mean, what would be, if any, I mean, put it in a jar. I mean, put this, I got a bottle of Indunamao here. This is Dunamis. You don't want to shake it too much. It'll, you know, we, we get the word dynamite from the word Dunamis. So it just tells you what kind of explosive power ability that God has given us. I remember when I was growing up as a child, we, my, we had a little house that didn't have a basement. My dad decided to make one. And so he, uh, he started digging, and he ran into some trouble as he was digging under the house to build this basement. And so what did he do? He, he went and got some dynamite. He did, and all I can say is the old Elvis song, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. I mean, 
I think he started out with a stick, and he found out that was way too much. So I think he got down like a quarter stick of dynamite. But he, using the dynamite, using that power that he had, he was able to break through those rocks and to be able to clean them out, and eventually got a, a little basement under our house, which is kind of cool because, you know, it's doing things backward, but you do what you have to do. And, uh, but I, I just thought about that, and I thought about, you know, the... He would use dynamite for stumps and things like that. You know, we had a mule. She was powerful. But sometimes all her power and ability would not give her what she needed to pull a stump out of the ground. So dad would just take some dynamite and stick under it. And that dunamis, you know, there goes the stump. Amazing stuff. But, you know, when we think about that in relation to what God has put in us. He has put his power, his strength. How many could use some more power and some strength? I tell you what, over the last few weeks has just really shown me how much I have to rely on the strength of the Lord, how much I need his power and his ability. There, there are things that go on in our lives. I was telling Becky this morning, you know, I'm just looking back over my life and chronic, kind of chronicling some of the things that have happened in my life. It, it's I, My angels should be able to retire about now. Those poor guys have had to work so hard to cover me in my life growing up. But the strength of the Lord has been there at every turn. You know, I, I, I remember one time my mom tells me that, that we would use kerosene to start fires. And we had a big pot belly stove and we'd use kerosene to start fires. And so somebody put kerosene in a, in a, in a pot bottle. And me being a little guy, not being able to read or understand what was in the bottle, took it and turned it up. And, and drank it. Yeah. So I know by experience that kerosene won't kill you. It'll clean you out good, but it won't kill you. It, there were other things, other times, you know, that I did those, those, those crazy things. I was born with asthma and couldn't even, my mother couldn't even put me on the floor in, until I was 18 months old. And that was after the Lord healed me. The doctor said if they put me on the floor, I would die. Because it would take my breath away. But God healed me. Some men got together, my dad and some other men, and they prayed for me and they anointed me. And God healed me instantly of asthma. So I think about all the times the devil has tried to take me out over the years. When I was about seven or eight years old, I got into a bee's nest and got stung and almost died of anaphylactic shock. Just got me to the doctor just in time to get a shot and, and to deal with it. Other times in my life, I think about all the times, you know, automobile accidents and, and close calls and close encounters and stuff. And, and, and I was at the fair one time. A couple guys got in an argument. And all of a sudden, uh, one of them reached across the counter and shot this guy in the back five times with a small caliber, like a 25 caliber pistol. Just bang, 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 you know. And, and, and this guy rolls up under the counter and comes back out with look like a 44 or something, you know. And I'm behind this guy, and I'm trying to get away from him. And this guy's pointing that gun at him. And I don't know how I did it, but I got all my body behind a 4 by 4 <laughs> Of course, I wasn't that fat back then, but, you know, probably the only thing sticking out was my nose, but that wasn't the... <laughs> <laughs> but this guy's waving that gun around. I'm thinking, oh, God, don't shoot. But thankfully, there was a deputy that took him down and, and, you know. But I think about all the times 
that I had those close encounters, those close calls, and I think, you know, God must really have something for me to do. And then to get sick with, with hepatitis, you know, I didn't know that I had the stuff and having to deal with all that and liver disease, but God has healed me and brought me through it and all that. And I think, God, you're so good. And it's only by the power of God, only by the power of God that, that God has brought us through these things. And, and I just want to read Ephesians 6.10 from the Passion Translation. It reads like this. Now, my beloved ones, I saved the most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength from your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Flowing in and through you. Now, what does God put his power in us for? Why? Because he's got work for us to do. He's got work for us to do. And, and, and I thank God that, that 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. We were talking about Christology. Christ, the word Christ is the word Christos, which means anointed one. And we have the anointed one within us. And that's the power. That's the explosive dunamis that we have inside of it. It's Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. And we have the strength of God when we need it at those times when we need it most. I was, I was sharing with my wife about, you know, those times that, that the Lord, because God had a job for us to do, how the enemy would try to stop us. I mean, he'd try to put a roadblock in the way. He'd try to somehow keep us from doing what God had called us to do. I, I think about the time we went to Russia and, and how, you know, the enemy, I don't know how he did it, but he kept me from seeing the off-ramp for the airport. I don't know how we missed it. I just, I remember going to the airport, but I somehow, as we were traveling, I, I kept looking for it, but I missed it. And we drove 70-some miles out of the way, beyond. And we had saved time for us to be able to, to go to the airport. We'd have like an hour and a half when we got there, which would give us plenty of time to go through customs and all this stuff to find a parking space, you know, the drill and so we gave ourselves plenty of time, but because of that, you figure 70 miles this way, and by the time we realize, my wife is trying to, you know, men are the worst. The wives are saying, honey, I think you might have missed your exit. No, it's, it's got to be here somewhere. I remember what the airport looks like. And blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so being a, a bullheaded man, we drove, and, and finally I thought, you know what? I think we missed the airport. So we pull off and go to a, service, a little convenience store, and I'm asking them, I said, where's the airport? And God said, well, it's about 70 miles back that way. So we had to turn around and go back the other way, back toward the airport. And so, you know, we're praying because the clock is ticking. We're running out of time. And I've told this story so many times, but I love telling it because of the miraculous intervening power of God. And just to cut through all the stuff, by the time we got back to the airport, we had 30 minutes left to park the car, unload the luggage, get it in, get it through customs, and get to the plane. You don't do that. Not when you're going to make an international flight to Moscow of all places. You don't do that. And so when we get there, 
we're praying in the Holy Spirit, which is the best way to pray because when you, when you don't know how else to pray, and I just run out of words, and so I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. And we pull up, and Becky looks at me and says, honey, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know, but we've been praying. God's going to. And about that time, this little guy just appears out of nowhere. And he just walks up to our car, past all of these other cars, and he's got a cart behind him. And pecks on our window. We roll down the window and says, can I help you folks? God sent an angel to help us. Had it not been for this angel, we would not have made it. But he took my wife and our luggage, which she brought enough luggage to make sure we lasted 12 days, one bag for each day. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it was a bag for every other day. So, but we, we, he took our luggage, and, and he told me to go park the car. By the time I got the car parked and everything, we were getting so close. And I'm just, but God sent this guy with her. Then he shows up where I am, and he brings me back to where we need to be. Long story short, we didn't even go through customs. We didn't go through security. He took us both straight to the plane. The most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. But it had to be God. It had to be a miracle. And then when I went to Mexico for the first time, we get to Mexico, and the enemy causes us to miss our flight. Honestly, what they, they told us, you go and you watch the monitors and, and, and your flight and where it's going to be, which gate it's going to be at, will show up. And then you go there. So we went and we watched the monitor and they told us what gate we were going to be at. So we go to that gate, which is a long way from the gate that it finally ended up being at. So 10 minutes before the flight, all of a sudden it flashed up. Our flight is at another gate which is a long ways away. So we had to run to get there. And by the time we get there, we get to the gate and they're, they're taking the last passenger on. They won't let us go on. And they shut the door on the plane. And I'm, I'm like, Lord, help me, Jesus. You know, you have these feelings that pop up in you. All kinds of feelings, all kinds of emotions. Anger that they wouldn't let us get on the plane. Disappointment that we missed our flight because we had everything all set up so that when we flew from there to where we were going to Tapachula, we had a translator waiting for us. We had people to take us to our hotel. Had all these things arranged. We should have landed there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But we missed our flight. So that put us getting there at 1230 in the morning. Everything's closed at 12.30 in the morning, even in Mexico. So we get there at 12.30 in the morning. But you know what? God had another plan. Because the very person that they pulled out of a bar to be our translator, because our translator went home, he had to go to work. The guy they pulled out of a bar happened to be a retired police officer from the Bronx in New York who, was, who, who grew up in a Panamanian family, his father and mother from Panama, so he spoke Spanish. They brought him out of a bar to come and translate it for us. Long story short, we got to minister to him and lead this man to Jesus, and he got healed of arthritis at the same time. So tell me God didn't know what he was doing. But you see, it's the power of God in us. It's the strength of the Lord in us. And it, it, it wasn't anything that we had planned and I believe that's what it means in Romans 8, 28, 
Or actually, go back to Romans 8, 26, where it says, when we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Holy Spirit helps us with our infirmities, with groanings and utterings that we can't understand. But our spirit prays, and God understands. And then in verse 28, it says, and he makes all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. Everybody say, his purpose. It's not always our purpose that God is that much interested in because my purpose would be to get on that plane, get there at 4 o'clock, get a good dinner, get some good rest, get up the next day, and go hard. But no, we get there at 1230 in the morning. We have no supper. We get up the next morning and go hard anyway, which required the strength of the Lord. All that day, the next day, we were busy. We were doing stuff. And that evening, I had to preach again. And when you are so physically tired that you can't hardly put one foot in front of the other, you have to depend on the strength of the Lord. But you know what? I preached that night, and the very man that had been brought out of the bar to translate for us the night before gave his heart to Jesus Christ that night along with six other people. He got baptized the next day. So you see how the strength of the Lord works. Well, the next time we go to Mexico, guess what happened? You guessed it. We missed our flight. I missed my flight. It wasn't my fault this time. They changed my flight. I was supposed to leave like at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I got there at 11. I was supposed to leave at 1. I should have been there by 4. They changed my flight. I didn't leave that night until 1030 at night. And so when I got there, I had held off eating because I didn't want to miss my flight. I didn't want to dare to leave that, that uh, place where I was at, where I was told to wait. Because if they changed it and I had to go to another site, I'd miss it again. So I sat there and I waited. And so when by the time we got to Tapachula, everything was closed except one little taco joint which this couple happened to know about that they took me to. And I'm telling you, we're sitting there eating chicken tacos and a live chicken hops up on the table. <laughs> Needless to say, I did not share my taco with that chicken. That would have been cannibalistic. It was a chicken taco. But anyway, by the time I got into bed that night, it was 4, 4 a.m. in the morning. And I was just so tired. So I got into bed, I slept for about three hours, and I heard a knock on the door. I go to the door, and they come to pick me up. They're ready to go and to do ministry. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> so that day was one of those days when your schedule is so full you know, it's just from one thing to another. We, we met with these pastors. We met the, with these pastors. We ministered to a man. We did this. We did that. So by that afternoon, it was about, say, 5.30 in the afternoon. And I'm thinking, well, praise the Lord, this day's done. I get to go back to the hotel now and just chill out in front of the air conditioner. And so we drove back, and we get close to the hotel, and the driver goes right by the hotel. And I looked at Enmer, who was my traveling companion, and I said, Enmer, where are we going? Oh, brother, you're going to preach. I said, when? He said, right now. 
And I'm like, my Bible and everything's back in the room. I mean, I had, you know, I had smartly planned all of these messages. I had like 10 of them so that I could just pull one out of my hat and preach it at any given moment. And I had all my notes and everything there. And so I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Because everything's back there. Well, I had to endunamao. I had to have the strength of the Lord inside of me. And because I was just whacked. I'm telling you, I was so physically tired. I was spent. And I'm like, Lord, what what are we going to do? Like, God, you put me in this predicament. (laughs) But we were going to preach in a a little um, building that we had built, that EFI had built with, with EFI funds. And it was a little temple they had built. It was just walls and a roof and a little platform and, and they had literally taken rough lumber, rough cut lumber, and taken pieces of, of stump or, or, or cut a tree, I guess, in portions and laid those planks on it. And that was what they used for seats, for pews. And, uh, and to make matters worse, well, make them better, I guess, we had about four different worship teams that got up and took about an hour each to worship. So by the time I get to the pulpit, I am so tired. <laughs> but it gave me time to sit and pray in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and I told um, Katya, I said, Katya, she was the Enmer's wife, and she speaks Spanish and English. And Enmer speaks a little bit. He understands more English than he can speak. But I, I told Katya, I said, Katya, you're going to have to read the Scriptures for me. She said, what do you want? And I just said, Lord, I don't know. And then the Lord just dropped one in my, in my spirit. Second um, uh, Corinthians chapter, chapter 6 about, you know, the, the, the temple. And so, it, to me, in my mind, it just didn't make sense. But this is what the Lord laid on my heart to speak. So, I spoke that night to pastors and leaders. And that's primarily who we were ministering to. And I asked the pastors that were there that night, I said, how many of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And only about two raised their hands. So I'm thinking, I know, Lord, why you put that message in my heart. Because my message was on the need for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I gave an altar call that night. And, and 28 pastors and leaders were baptized in the Holy Spirit. 22 people got saved. And a man got delivered of demons. And one of the local prostitutes gave her heart to the Lord. So it was the strength of the Lord in the middle of my weakness that came forth. And so what I want to, to share with you tonight is, or today is that the enemy is going to do everything he can to throw roadblocks in front of you to keep you from fulfilling your God-given destiny. You know, when, when Paul's ministry, we think about Paul's ministry and, and somehow we get this idea that because Paul was so charismatic in everything that he had an easy time of it as he ministered. Not so. Not so. Had it not been for Paul being locked up in prison, we wouldn't have the epistles. Paul spent most of his time in jail. And I was, I was listening not too long ago, I believe it was John MacArthur out in California, and they had ordered him to shut down his services in his church, and he wouldn't do it. He defied the governor's orders. And uh, someone was out, I believe it was Laura Ingram, was, was interviewing him on Fox News, and she asked him the question. She says, what are you going to do 
if they arrest you, he said, well, he said, I guess I'll be like the Apostle Paul, you know, who went about checking out all the local jails to see which one he's going to end up in. He said, I've never had a jail ministry. Maybe it's time that I have one. I love that attitude. I love that attitude that he had is that if God puts me in prison and if he puts me in jail for preaching the gospel, for ministering to people, for having my church open to people so that they can come, then I'm willing to pay the price. And that's what we have to be willing to do as well. And that's what the Apostle Paul did. You know, uh, the enemy will attempt to stop the Word of God from accomplishing what God sent it forth to do, but he will never succeed. Isaiah 55, 8 through 11 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's word is absolutely reliable. And as the psalmist said in Psalm 119, 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in the heavens. I want you to just look at how many times the enemy attempted to take out the Apostle Paul. And he kind of chronicles those in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 33. And in the Passion Translation, it says, Five times I received 39 lashes from the Jewish leaders. You know, that would almost kill you. Because when they gave you lashes, you know, they didn't just take like a single whip. They took a cat of nine tails. It's what they whipped Jesus with which had bits of bone in it, and they would hit and drag it across your back so that it cut deep into your back. 39 times he, he received those lashes. And he says, three times I experienced being beaten with rods. Wow. Once they stoned me. Three times I've been shipwrecked for an entire day and a night. I was adrift in the open sea. How many would like to be, tread water for that long? A day and a night. I can hardly do it for 30 minutes. In my difficult travels, I've faced many dangerous situations. Perilous rivers, robbers, foreigners, and even my own people. I've survived deadly peril in the city, in the wilderness, with storms at sea, with spies posing as believers. I've toiled to the point of exhaustion and gone through many sleepless nights. I've frequently been deprived of food and water, left hungry and shivering out in the cold and lacking proper clothing. And besides these painful experiences, I have the daily pressure of my responsibility for all the churches with a deep concern weighing heavily on my heart for their welfare. I'm not aloof, for who is desperate and weak, and I do not feel their weakness? Who is led astray into sin, and I do not burn with zeal to restore him? And if boasting is necessary, I will boast about what? My examples of weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is eternally praised, knows that I'm speaking the truth. Once when I was in Damascus, the governor came under King Aretas had his troops searching for me to have me arrested. But I was stuffed in a basket and lowered through a window and managed to escape. You know, Paul's, Paul's autobiography is not quite what Billy Graham's is. Or some of the other pastors who was, you know, highly esteemed. And I mean, this, this guy, but everywhere he went, 
and whatever he did. You think about Paul, you know, at Philippi when he was beaten and put in jail, Paul and Silas in jail. What happened as a result of them being put in jail? Well, here they were in stocks and bonds. They were beaten, put in stocks and bonds. And what did they do? They started singing psalms and hymns of praise to the Lord. And God loosed their shackles and set them free. And the jailer who had them in jail was saved that night in his whole household. That's why Paul said, believe on the Lord and you shall be saved and your whole household. And they were. So we see that account there. And then even when he was shipwrecked and they, they, they landed on the island of Malta. What happened on Malta? When they get there and they're trying to warm themselves around the fire and Paul, trying to be helpful, goes to get some wood for the fire and he picks up some wood and a viper comes out of the wood and fastens itself to his hand. And immediately everybody around him, all the people from Malta, you know what they said? Surely he has done something and the gods are killing him. He's done something bad. That's the reason. So Paul shakes the snake off in the fire, and he doesn't die, and they changed their whole tune. He must be a god. (laughs) But you see, things that happen in our life, I'm sure that snake bite probably did not feel very good. But it spoke to those people there. They realized that Paul had something in him. You know what he had in him? In the mile. He had the power of God. He had the dunamis of God inside of him. That's what he had. And they saw it. They witnessed it everywhere he went. Peter. I mean, you think about the times that Peter was put in jail, you know, and 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 all the things that he went through. And yet the people saw the power of God in Peter to the degree that they would bring their sick. And lay them down where he walked the day before, just in case he would pass by and his shadow would go across them and they would be healed. You see, he had the power of God emanating from him. That's what God wants us to know that we have inside of us. We have the power of God resident within us, every one of us. None of us have to think, well, you know, that guy's anointed or that person's anointed. No, you are anointed. You have the Spirit of God. If you have the Spirit of God in you, if this same Spirit dwells in you that dwelt in Christ Jesus, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall also quicken or bring life to your mortal body. Every one of us. Every one of us. It's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. We have to realize that God has made a divine deposit in us. He didn't just put the Holy Spirit around us. He put the Holy Spirit in us. So we have the power of God resident within us. Resident within us. And the enemy will try to stop you because he knows who you are just like he knew who Jesus was. How many times did Jesus have those close calls? Capernaum. When he went to Capernaum, they tried to stone him there. They were going to throw him off of a cliff. And Jesus walked right through the crowd. The power of God around him. They didn't even... They didn't even know he was there. They were looking for him. And in Jerusalem, all the religious leaders were looking for Jesus, and he was right there in the middle of him, and they didn't see him. See? 
God has a way of making things work out for us according to his purpose. And it's by his power that is resident within us that, is, that it happens. And, you know, Paul's ministry was anything but glamorous and exotic experience. He was constantly hindered by the enemy, even with a harassing spirit that, a spirit that constantly hounded him. And three times he asked the Lord to remove it, and he was given the following response. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So I'm now glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Amen. Amen. God's power in us is what really matters. I've seen some of the most feeble-looking people that has some of the greatest anointing. I think about A.G. Dornfield that used to come. He was a Lutheran pastor for years And he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, because he didn't match up with the doctrine of his denomination, they kicked him out. So he started taking the message. And he wrote a little book that says, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And so many people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, several people in here received the Holy Spirit as a result of that little book that he wrote, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? God used that man mightily. Did he look like a mighty man? No. No. But he was. He was mighty in spirit. I think about Catherine Kuhlman. When you look at Catherine Kuhlman, you look like you could flip her in the head. She'd pass out. But she had power of God in her. Had the power of God in her. And, 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 but this is, this is what I want you to realize That the enemy wants to take you out, but the power of Christ is working his grace through us. I I love that Jeremy sang that song, Take Me Into the Holy of Holies. 1 Peter 5, 7, 9 gives us several key verses. Peter begins with encouraging us. In verse 7, he says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Now, why do you suppose that is so important? Because of the next verse. It says, Stay alert. Watch out for your enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Rick Renner says that verse could be translated like this. You must be constantly alert and on your guard. The devil, like an accusing lawyer, will try to charge you with all kinds of arguments and accusations. You need to know that he is like a lion on the prowl, constantly walking around, roaring with a deafening sound, earnestly seeking the kind of person he can completely consume and slurp up. If we just lay down and let the enemy devour us, he will. But if you stand strong, if you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, he can't. We have to resist the devil, and that's what the next verse says. Peter doesn't leave us to hang out to dry. He says, he tells us what to do and how to handle the devil. He says, stand firm against him against the devil, and be strong in your faith. What is your faith? Your confidence, your hope in the Lord, your belief in God and his ability to keep you. In Romans 12, 3, it says, because faith comes from God, it says God has allotted to each of us a measure of faith. God's given us the measure of faith to believe and to receive and to be saved. But from that point on, our faith is our responsibility. Because it grows as we grow. How do we grow our faith? 
Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. What is the Word of God? It's not just reading the Word, which is the graphe, and it's not just hearing someone else talk about the logic of God and who God is. That is the Logos. But it is the rhema, which is this word here. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God. It's when God brings revelation to your spirit, your heart, You hear it from God. You come alive. You understand who you are in Christ, what God wants to do in you. It's not about them. It's about what God is doing in me. Amen. We need to understand that and know that. Amen. We look at other people. I've I've had people say, why don't we bring this person here? Why don't we bring this person here? Because they are so anointed. I said, well, there's people in here that are anointed. I'm just waiting on them to rise up. I want to see us begin to flow and use the gifts that God has given us because he's given us the same gifts that he's given others. He's just waiting on us to manifest them because we are the manifestors of the gifts of God that he has imparted and planted inside of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love it when people speak prophetically. I love it when people lay hands on the sick and I see them recover. I love it. Faith comes from God. But 2 Timothy says in 2.15, study and show yourself and study and do your best. Everybody say, do your best. To present yourself to God, approved, a workman tested by trial, who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Now, how do we handle the word? It's when we do it. When we allow the Word of God to operate in us, we handle it that way. We learn how to skillfully handle the Word of God. We learn what is and what isn't the Word of God. We learn how to judge prophecy because it says in Revelation that prophecy is the Spirit of Jesus. So if it doesn't line up with the Spirit of Jesus, then we understand we kick it out because it's not of God. We have to learn how to judge those things according to the Word of God. I've had people to give me what I call sloppies instead of prophecy because they're just throwing slop at you that has no real relevance, has no meat in it whatsoever, and means nothing. And so when they throw it at me, I just say, okay, we'll see. We'll see. Does it mean anything? No. No. But when a true prophet of God speaks to you, it witnesses, it bears witness with your spirit, and it lines up with the Word of God, then you can take it to the bank. You know that God has spoken. So anyway, I'm not going to get any deeper than that. And then we build our faith up by doing this. In Jude 20, it says, but you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly, everybody say constantly, And progressively, say progressively, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. Wow. You know, sitting at home, and you're not really allowed to go anywhere, do anything, it gives you an opportunity to do a lot of praying in the Spirit. And I'm so thankful that God has given me 
the gift of praying in the Spirit because I can run out of words to say in about three minutes. But when you pray in the Holy Spirit, guess what? It's not you praying. It's the Holy Spirit in you praying. And the Holy Spirit in you praying knows what the desire of the Father is so much more than you do. So your prayers have so much more effect as you pray them, as you pray in the Spirit. That's why it says in Ephesians 6, 18, pray in the Spirit at all times for all the saints according to the will of God. So we know when we pray in the Spirit, we're praying according to the will of God. So when God calls one of you to my mind, I may not know what's going on in your life, but I know that God has laid you on my heart. But you know who knows? The Holy Spirit knows. As Catherine Kuhlman used to say, the Holy Spirit knows. And he prays for you. He uses my vocal cords. He uses my obedience. But he prays for you according to the will of God. Hallelujah. I love that. I love that gift that God has given us. So when we stand in the grace that God that, that of Christ that is sufficient for us in the authority of God's word that's always constant and in the strength and the power of the Lord, no matter what the devil throws at you, you will be able to endure it and overcome any obstacle and any attempt he tries to put in your way. John says in Revelation twelve ten, now heard a loud voice in heaven. Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren, you know who that is, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to death. I left out a very important phrase that I had written down in relation to faith. I want to go back and and take that up. It says, God has given to each man the measure of faith. Everybody say, the measure of faith. So the measure, of, the measure of faith, it takes to believe in Christ and begin your spiritual journey. But it is up to us to build on that foundation. Like Jesus said in Luke 6, 37, he that hears these saying, the, he that hears these saying of mine and does them is like a wise man that builds his house on the rock. But who is it that hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them? Like a foolish man that builds his house on the sand. So when things come, we either stand or we fall based upon how we respond to the Word of God. So it's up to us to build on that foundation, and that foundation is rock Christ. This is where we stand in our faith and our confidence in God who is faithful, and He cannot fail. And He won't allow us to fall either when we stand in Him. In, in John 16, Everything I've taught you is so that the pieces which is in me will be in you and you will have great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous. I have conquered the world. I have conquered the world. So, and, and, and Paul, Paul builds on that in Romans eight thirty seven says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So be strong in the Lord, filled with his spirit, Filled with his power and keep on standing. Don't let the enemy get the upper hand because you've got something greater in you than what he can ever imagine. You've got the power of God in you. You've got the power and the strength of God. 
So we depend on him. We depend on his power. We depend on his strength. So much more than what we can ever do ourselves. You know, I never in my wildest imagination as a kid growing up, I remember nine years old. And I felt the touch of God in a, in a Sunday night meeting, in a service. And I knelt at the altar. And I cried and I wept and I repented like I did so many times before. But I remember the pastor standing at about where I am. And he looked at me and he pointed his finger at me. He said, God is going to use you. I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. And growing up, I never had aspirations of going to seminary or becoming a pastor or anything else. Until the touch of God came on my life at the age of 20. And at that point, when Jesus touched my life and he changed my life, I said, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, I'm here. I'm your vessel. Take me and use me however you want to use me. I thought it would be in music because that's what I loved. But God had a different plan. He always seems to go in a different direction than what we think, doesn't he? But his direction is always right. And whatever good has come out of my life, it's been only because of one thing, the strength and power of God inside of me. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. We're just a vessel that he puts his indunamao. Everybody say indunamao. He puts in you his power. He's put it inside of you. Don't discount that. Don't think less of who you are. Don't think that you're inadequate, that God can't use you. I mean, God could even use a donkey to stop a prophet from being an idiot. God can certainly use you. God can use a rooster to speak to Peter. God can use you. And God wants to use you if you are willing to understand that he has put his power and ability in you. And when you trust in his power and ability, and not in yourself, understand that his grace is sufficient. His power is all you need. His strength is all you need. He gives you the strength that you need to conquer anything, COVID or anything else. He gives you the strength to overcome. It's Christ in you that's the hope of God. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.